Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Lucas. And we are two aspiring filmmakers making unnecessary commentary on famous movies. Each week, we will randomly select a film to analyze, discuss, and review. We will select the film at the end of each podcast, so you will have ample time to watch the movie before the next episode. We are slightly qualified film students. Hello. Hello, Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Slightly Qualified Film Students. Today, we are hopping in to uh, a newer film from 2017. Uh, Our uh, second Walking Phoenix film. Yeah, our second Walking Phoenix film. And Ramsey. I think, unless he's secretly in... No, no. It's Mm -hmm. it's our second Walking Phoenix film. Yeah, we did The Master. It's Lynn Ramsey film. She also did We Need to Talk About Kevin. Um, Yep. And this She's is a, legend. a nice and short psychological thriller. Um, yeah, and, it's, it was. Yeah. It's it was it's, a very entertaining watch, honestly. Like it's a. It's mm-hmm. it's got some nice action sequences. I love the look of this film. It's set in New York, I think. Yeah. But it kind of confused me because at the start he's in a Cincinnati taxi cab, so I didn't. Like, did he go to Cincinnati to... Probably to finish the job. Stuff? Yeah, I don't know. At the start of the movie. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that this film is... It's a very nice, easy watch. Like, I think it, it has very deep themes, and, like, you got to think about it. It's very ambiguous, but at the same time, like, if you're just trying to watch a short little thriller with good performances and an awesome look, like, this is, this is your yeah. movie. I mean, I don't know if it's an easy watch. It's a pretty, like... The concepts within this film are pretty disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I I was expecting that going in, so I was ready for it. Joaquin Phoenix killing everybody with just, like, a $20 hammer he bought at Home Depot. Yeah. Um, It's pretty badass. And, uh... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh... I'll read the plot summary here. You were never really here. Uh, okay. When a teenage mish- uh, Whoa, okay. <clears throat> when a teenage girl goes missing, a jaded, brutal enforcer attempts a rescue mission. He uncovers corruption and abuse of power along the way and will use any means necessary to save the girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what I didn't- like what's kind of caught me off guard when I went into this is like the actual plot behind her disappearance is like a lot deeper than I thought it was going to be like by uncovering the corruption and abuse it's because like her dad who's a senator her the rival senator is like using her in sex trafficking yeah the this is a film kind of about child sex trafficking and it's very disturbing and you get a pretty honest look at it through flashbacks and pretty you know disturbing child psychological um just looking at this girl's how she acts with walking phoenix and also the other girls you see in this like house that he has to go save her in um yeah great I mean, child acting by the way yeah great honestly uh i mean she doesn't have a huge part in it, but she does have moments. I mean, she's pretty traumatized. So yeah, yeah. I feel like she portrays it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, Joaquin Phoenix, as always, is pretty incredible. Uh, yeah. He doesn't really say much in this film, but it's the eyes, man. The, those are the eyes. This is like his yeah. second... Wait, let me count. Second or third? I guess like now would be one of his three like ptsd type of characters um yeah the master he um, the master i mean joker he doesn't have ptsd but yeah he's just a little crazy he's got some stuff going on yeah uh just a just some slight mental issues in that one Uh, definitely definitely um yeah yeah. i mean this film kind of reminds me really well it reminds me of two films. It reminds me a lot of Taxi Driver in the actual um, yeah, storyline. Sure. But the uh-huh. look and um, tone reminds me a lot of Drive. Um, 
I think it has a very yeah. similar feel to Drive through uh, its violence, its slower uh, build up to the to the mm. violence, and um, and just the cinematography. I think it reminded me a yeah. lot of Drive. But the storyline, if you look at it, is very. It's like a modern Taxi Driver, because in Taxi Driver he's a post-Vietnam war vet Mm -hmm. uh, who obviously I mean here's the thing though here's the main difference is that in Taxi Driver he's evil like he's not in a good headspace like like in this movie Joaquin Phoenix is doing good and Taxi Driver yes he's doing good but he thinks he's he's also like very racist yeah (laughs) he thinks he's doing good but in Taxi Driver it's about his character trying to commit an assassination and all this other stuff and then it leads up to him trying to save uh Jodie Foster from yeah. the child prostitution ring um whereas this yeah. film the he actually saves her like 30 minutes in and then it's about actually getting mm-hmm. her back after she gets taken again by the corrupted cops and then he finds out she's yeah. at the other senator's house being used and but like if you yeah. look at it basically vet trying to save child sex uh, Mm -hmm. slave, I guess. I mean, I don't know if we ever actually are told that Joaquin Phoenix is a veteran. A lot of his PTSD is coming from uh, other jobs he's had and his abusive father. Um, I mean, it says in the description a a traumatized veteran. Oh, does it? Because you also have that shot of some desert country with the dead body right. and those are the feet that he keeps seeing right because he sees that is that is that that girl he sees a kid get by get another murdered. kid and also for a chocolate you see fight. him in full or no 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 he's an fbi because you see him in his fbi uniform oh yeah opening like, yeah yeah like the, the the room full of dead the bodies dead uh girls yeah 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 so he wasn't a veteran yeah, he's like an fbi he a, he's like an yeah. fbi special agent mm-hmm. or something yeah. Which also makes sense that he has the skill set to track people down. Right. Specifically. Yeah. Like, a soldier wouldn't have that prowess and, like, reconnaissance and finding people. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. But I think in terms of plot... Well, first we'll do standout scenes. We'll do standout scenes first. Sure. What is your standout scene in this movie? Um, well, I mean, I really love the... Uh, original scene where he kind of saves her where you're seeing all of the violence take place in quick cuts off of security cameras um, yeah. I thought that was a very cool way to show that that rescue scene because mm-hmm. it was very it felt very realistic because you're watching it through security camera footage and you're hearing uh, mm-hmm. like this very just like soft childlike music playing in the background as he's just going around brutally killing all these security guards with a hammer. But you're also, yeah. like... The violence in this film... Uh, I love how they use violence in this film. Because even though it is... Gra- uh, it's not graphic. It's very... Um, the intent is very graphic. But they don't actually but really show you. don't really see you. a lot of blood. Yeah. There's, like, you two don't... bloody scenes, really. Mm-hmm. When he gets the blood splatter on his face and when he kills the... When he shoots like, himself. I mean, him fi- at the him end. finding his mother is pretty... Yeah. Because then he shoots but, the cop and the cop's bleeding out on the ground. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like drive level of gore. It's, yeah. Um, drive is pretty gory. Yeah. It's not like Pulp it, it, Fiction. Of it. It, it, or sorry, it, yeah. not Pulp Fiction. Uh, Kill Bill, Tarantino level. Yeah. It's not like you don't see Walking Phoenix smashing someone's head in with a hammer. You see it off screen or from a very far wide shot through a security camera and you know what's happening, but it's not shown like right in your face, graphic, gory content, which I think is useful in some movies. And I also think a film like this, it's more of an art house film. And I think it's a fantastic way to showcase violence because it isn't over the top gratuitous. Um, and your imagination yeah. is a very strong thing, and it almost makes it more disturbing oh, yeah. because you're imagining uh, all these brutal things that are happening, you know, in the corner like, of the frame. The film isn't about the violence. Mm-hmm. It's more about what it does to his character 
So to have like implied the violence, you don't need to to show it to get the message across what you're trying to show with this film, which is Joaquin Phoenix's distressed yeah. mental state. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I think I think I, my standout scene though, mm-hmm. uh, it's gotta be like when he's giving his mom a water burial, and then he yeah puts the rocks he puts me. the rocks in his pockets. It's yeah. so beautiful. It's just really beautiful. Yeah, it kind of... Um, it has that shape of water look, like that ending shot in yeah. the shape of water. Yeah. The Green Knight type of... Yeah. Type of those those, Yo, those that was underwater... Like part of the Green Knight when he's swimming to the bottom. Yes. Any, like, water yeah. shots where it, like, subverts from realism and shows this, like, Under the Silver Lake. Water. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was... Under the Silver yeah, there's a lot of films that do that. They're very cool. Uh, it's a very cool look. Yeah, yeah, I think that has to be my standout scene. But I think overall, like, this this film's a pretty wild, like, consistent ride from start to finish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, um, we didn't have any audience questions this week, if I'm correct. Yeah, no, no audience questions this week. But, uh... Yeah. We could do a bit of an analysis of this film... Mm-hmm get into it a little bit because this film does leave you with some questions here and there um i mean i think the biggest one is the ending what does this ending mean? yeah so mm-hmm. you got like i guess two major options right that she was there or she was never really here <laughs> which you almost mm-hmm. like also by the way I didn't even notice this when I first watched it cuz like it cuts to black and then it just cuts to the shot of the empty table so I like didn't even really look at it I was like oh movie's over okay yeah I'm going to go to sleep uh but the cuz her milkshake is full right yeah and just I think that it's an interesting idea, especially since the title of the movie is You Were Never Really Here. And I like that, but then also the whole movie never really happened then, right? Well, I think a part of the movie could have happened. I think a lot... I think my kind of idea is maybe she was killed or maybe something happened to her and this is kind of his... I don't know, revenge, like when he goes to the governor's house, maybe he killed that governor, and then what happens after that with the girl didn't actually happen. Maybe he actually found her dead in the governor's room. You know? Because when yeah. he goes up there... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think, think that's with a possible. film like this, it's it's very ambiguous, right? Especially because of Joe's traumatized mental state. Like, you could really all of this stuff is possible which obviously i think is the goal mm-hmm. um and i don't know i i'd like to think that she was there because otherwise like so much of the movie is yeah like because even from the very start you know he's talking to her dad and all that so i think she's there to some degree yeah but i think you're right like she, maybe she's not at the end yeah because i mean they wouldn't just like throw in the full milkshake as a cool easter egg like it's gotta mean something yeah uh, and also yeah. i mean he, like him shooting himself uh not shoot, actually but i guess he has a fantasy where he kills himself in the diner and then everyone yeah, kind of just doesn't notice ignores him yeah uh just thinking very, like, like if i die no one will care essentially which also hits the title you were never really here um yeah yeah, this film is full of like metaphors and symbolism shows a lot of like different things throughout the framing and the way uh the flashbacks are used in this film whenever Mm -hmm. you know he's about to commit acts of violence he has like flashbacks to his father when he's more and more uh, has more and more anxiety. You'll get more and more flashbacks that last longer. And I think it's it's a very cool way to um, make this film. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it can be interpreted in a lot of ways, though. 
but yeah, I do think that the girl may have died. I, I don't know if she was actually there for the last ten minutes. Yeah. And it's also, like, that could be reinforced by her weird dialogue in the house. Yeah. He, she's just sitting at the table with the razor, so, you know, maybe she slit the governor's throat, but, like, that just seems not that plausible. And that like doesn't seem like something she would of... do, you know? If she's drugged yeah. up, it seems like something he would do. And also it's the final like... scene in the in the um, restaurant, her she seems very happy, which seems so weird because she, if, if this is real... Her dad you, is dead. Your dad just committed suicide. You were just presumably you know well i don't think he committed suicide or he yeah isn't he it thrown off he the building thrown off the um, building yeah he um you just probably got raped and you then killed uh the the, the like guy who's been using you as a sex it's not a it's a beautiful day let's yeah it's go not outside like you know in a few move. minutes you're gonna be like hey it's a beautiful day let's go outside so it could definitely be walking phoenix's you know mental trying to kind of make himself feel better trying to imagine that she's happy which i think makes a lot of sense yeah um well let's take a quick break and then we will come back and hop into the actual review okay okay we are back Hopping into story and originality at a 10%. I think that overall, this is a really intriguing story uh, for a thriller. Now, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's similar to Taxi Driver, but I'm not really docking points for originality there. It, it's a coincidence, you know, that it's both about veterans and child prostitutes in New York. Yeah. Because they're totally different vibes. Yeah. Um, and the stories are different. Like, Taxi Driver... It, like, I think that this is, at the end of the day, obviously very focused on Joe, the character. But, like, almost not to the same degree as Taxi Driver. Like, Taxi Driver is, like, 90% inner monologue of Bickle, yeah. you know? Like, this movie, there is a lot of action. Mm-hmm. It feels more thrillery uh, as opposed to Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver is very... Um, slow yeah definitely yeah. and i think overall this is a pretty uh like it i want to compare it it's like nocturnal animals level of thrilling but i almost feel like this film is more uh deep than nocturnal animals like you uh i think well they're diff they're yeah. different you can't compare them. But in terms of thrillers we've done... I'm it has thinking. a deeper meaning than Nocturnal Animals. I don't think it's think a better Nocturnal movie. Nocturnal Animals has a more... But no, I don't think it's a better movie. But, um... Yeah, I... I no, I, I found you... Uh, I mean, I found Nocturnal Animals much more anxiety. Yeah, I was gonna say it. I, I don't... I find you were never really here more disturbing, less, like, I don't know, suspenseful. Man. Some stuff in Nocturnal Animals is pretty messed up. Eh. Like, I mean, yeah, okay, that's true. But I don't find Noct... I've, uh, okay, I think I get more disturbed when stuff happens to children in films. Yeah. Like, there's something about that that... Well, I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal's daughter in that just is makes supposed to be, like, 13. Gross. Nah, she's, like, 16. Yeah. Which I'm not. That's fine, bro. But like, it's. It, I'm more talking yeah. about disturbance level yeah. of like it happening to an eight year old. Mm-hmm. It just it gives you more of that gross feeling. Yeah, for sure. Even though it is fictional, both are fictional. This this feels more real though. That's the yeah. thing, because this actually happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Nocturnal Animals, it's about a fictional book within a fictional that movie. That has meaning. Whereas, to you're never life. really here. Yeah. Yeah. This this happens in real life. And it's, yeah. I find it a bit harder to watch. Like, Nocturnal Animals, I feel like I would re-watch much more than this movie because of just... I feel like I'd be more entertained by it. Where this one, I, I have a bit more of a difficult time watching. Yeah. Uh... 
yeah, I gave this one an 8% out of 10. I think it's pretty refreshing. Story is solid. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that it... I, I don't know. It's an 8%. 8% out of 10. Yeah, same. I also gave it an 8 out of 10. I don't know. I, I feel like it. it's a good story. It's deep, I but at don't the think same it's the time, most original story. But it is It's deep, deep but like... It's not the type of deep that makes you think about your own life. <laughs> like, there's some films out there that you're like, wow, after they're done, and you're just like, damn, got new ideas and stuff now. This movie is like, yeah. it's deep, but not really in that way. Uh, right, yeah. sure. That's fair. Beginning. Yeah. Out of 5%. Yeah, okay. I think that this beginning is pretty cool. Because you don't see it's his face. It's a pretty um, good beginning. And I love that yeah. it opens on his way to calm down, which is tying a plastic bag around his head and, like, suffocating yeah. himself, I guess. <laughs> um, which is something his father used to do to him as punishment, which is a part of his PTSD. Yeah, that's really messed up, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. that's so awful. Um, and yeah, th- this beginning also kind of reminds me of Drive. It's a little less intense as Drive, but it it also is like him walking, trying to escape the police that are outside of his hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes into the back alley and kind of gets attacked by a guy and then beats him up and then walks away. It's a pretty eventful beginning, honestly. Yeah, and. Uh... You know, I I love the cinematography in this section. Um, it just looks beautiful. Uh, really love the editing too. The way it transitions in between all these shots, it it feels intense. Music's good. Yeah. Overall, super solid beginning. No narration, none of that BS. Just awesome character development no. through action. Show don't tell. You feel me? Yes. Uh, gave it a solid four percent yeah i also gave it 404 i really like the opening shot of him like burning all that stuff you know throwing the bible and all of his uh other stuff that he has just gotten from uh clearly another him saving another girl yeah he's like clearing out everything burning it it's a very cool opening yeah four out of four i mean four out of five Okay, ending. Yeah, uh, I I love this ending. I thought it was pretty awesome. Um, while I didn't catch that her milkshake was still full, uh, it's it's a pretty awesome last scene, no matter how you interpret it, because it's a break from the thrill, and even if you think that she's real, it's still not resolved, obviously, because A, she has no parents anymore and B Joaquin Phoenix no longer has a mother (laughs) and they have killed the governor of New York and a bunch of police people so I love that you get this like almost calm moment uh, where Joaquin Phoenix is still obviously struggling with this character you feel like he hasn't necessarily overcome his personal demons but at least he say like saving this girl means a lot to him obviously as we see throughout this film um so it's nice to see him at least succeed in that maybe <laughs> yeah 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 i think this is a really nice ending i love the shot of him like shooting himself and then everyone just walking around it's like this when i first saw that scene like three years ago i was like whoa it genuinely like made me jump because it's just out of nowhere he just shoots himself and then you get called back you realize it was just like a fantasy moment but um Mm -hmm. it's a really cool way to end the film i don't know it's like it's a satisfying ending but it's also a super dark and depressing ending and it's ambiguous so it's got all the stuff going for it that i like in a good ending yeah ambiguous all that jazz um 
Mm-hmm. I I think that this this is a solid four percent for me. Not quite mind blowing, but a very solid ambiguous end. Yeah, I also give it a four out of five. It's a close. It's a high four for me, honestly. It's a high four, not quite full marks, but it's a really good ending. Really solid way to end a film. And I do like that this film just kind of ends. It's short, doesn't drag on. You know, this film isn't even an hour and a half. It's like an hour and 28 minutes, and that's including credits. So, yeah, you know, I really like that it just kind of gets to the point and it ends on a really nice note. Um, yeah, solid 405. There you go. Now we'll move into screenplay and dialogue. This one's interesting because this this one best screenplay at Cannes Film Festival uh, and best actor, um, but best screenplay, and I was like, huh, 2017 best screenplay. So it beat, well, I guess what else premiered at Cannes? Hmm. I don't want to think about it. Uh I'll look it up. Yeah, but I I, I kind of, yeah. like, it's a pretty cool screenplay. Like, um, I love that it's able to develop Joe's character a lot and see the world through his eyes, really with almost no verbal mm-hmm. uh, background mm. or verbal setup. Like, he isn't out uh-huh. here explaining his past or being shown it. Right. So it's almost the lack of dialogue that I truly appreciate in this film and I think is the key factor of making this film good is the fact that Joe is not a yeah. talkative character. They found a way because yeah. in ta- like like take Taxi Driver for example. I love Taxi Driver, one of my favorite movies of all time. And the way that they get you into Travis Bickle's inner monologue is through letting you straight up hear it right so you're literally hearing yep. his thoughts which i think works really mm-hmm. well for that movie but here they're showing you and you're like getting into his head and his inner monologue without him narrating it or without him saying it to other people you're just watching his actions and getting into his head so i think that screenplay works out really well not a, not a lot of zingers cuz there's barely any dialogue but i think that the screenplay is written really nicely for the tone they're going for here yeah uh okay i just looked it up i don't know if this should have won best screenplay honestly because it had some big competition this year yeah uh at Cannes, the killing of a sacred deer bro the killing of a sacred deer the meyerwitz stories noah bomback uh and good time so you know i i'm taking a uh, no, Ben Ben loves the killing well, of Sacred no, Deer. I'm taking good time movie, there, but kidding me? I would take good time for screenplay. Time. I think the Meyerowitz stories, because it is Noah Baumbach, has a fantastic screenplay also. Um I mean great dialogue. Good time is my favorite movie of twenty seventeen. So uh Yeah, I think good time I don't but good time is similar to You Were Never Really Here in the sense of like there isn't a lot of dialogue also but like that the ending um, of uh sorry not the ending but like that part in good time where he's like um i think something's happening here it's deeply connected to my purpose like that scene is written pretty fire yeah yeah i mean i i respect this winning best screenplay i think it's a very interesting screenplay um i yeah, I don't know what I can say about the screenplay here because it's a very subtle screenplay. There isn't much dialogue, um, but I it is short and sweet, and the story flows really nicely, and it it takes you into a very interesting path uh, through the flashbacks and all the different locations we visit throughout this film. Mm-hmm. I, I I see it. I see it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I gave it a six out of eight. I don't think it's a brilliant screenplay i don't think it's i don't know i i think this film is more reliant on the cinematography and the visual storytelling but i I still think it has a good flow um and i think there are definitely interesting moments yeah i agree like this film isn't 
like I was saying, it's not relying on the screenplay to get you into his inner monologue. Uh, but the lack of dialogue, mm-hmm. you know, it fits. I gave it a 6%, which might be... I, I think that fits it pretty well. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with the screenplay. Yeah. Pacing solid for the scenes and all that. Uh, yeah, love the flow. Yeah. No zingers, though. Need some zingers. Um, okay, so now we're moving on to soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's not a... A uh, like flashy soundtrack, yeah. By any means, but I think it has some really good song selection, and the moments when the soundtrack comes in, it's very powerful. Yeah, I think overall, it's a it's a good soundtrack, but to me, it's not very memorable. Uh like. It's been a week since I've seen this film at this point, and I honestly could not hum you anything from this movie. Um, I I just think I agree with you. I love the moments when it's used and when it's not used, uh, and I think it's a very solid screen pl- or sorry soundtrack. Uh, it's just not quite as awesome as some of the other ones we've had on this podcast so far. Nothing really wrong with it. It's just not yeah. really as dope. I mean, the one I like is I like that song they use when he's going and killing security guards and stuff. They have this really, like, kind of lullaby song that plays in the background, which is, like, Mm -hmm. this interesting juxtaposition to the violence we are seeing on screen. But, yeah, I I do agree. There isn't a lot of soundtrack here. Um, I do think there's some very epic moments, like when when he, like, snaps the cop's neck. Um, and you, it's just like this very intense, like white noisy, uh, score that like comes in and it's very hard and brutal. Um, and I think there are moments like that or the scene where he, um, is laying there on the ground with the cop he just shot. Yeah. And they kind of sing that song. Yeah. 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 I love that scene. That was my honorable Mm -hmm. mention for favorite scenes where they're just singing to each other. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do agree with you. It's not the most memorable soundtrack. And I think there could have been some more interesting song selections. So I gave it a 5 out of 7. Yeah, I agree. I gave it a 5% out of 7 as well. Production design, costumes and set pieces, out of 6. Uh, I, I like the production design here. I think the costumes are super good. Joe got his all-black basic costume um i like the cars that they use actually i think it's funny he's driving around in like a ford fusion or something not sponsored yeah uh yeah and i think that the sets are pretty well done (laughs) i mean they change sets like this is a pretty indie film i don't know uh let's see budget uh it, it definitely did not have a big budget i can tell you that much um and I think that the overall mm-hmm. the costumes and set design are very solid. Uh, it had a uh, why don't it tell me? Whatever, doesn't matter. It's an indie film. It's all you need to know. Uh, and most of the budget probably went to Joaquin Phoenix, yeah. anyways. I think it was a. Uh, I think I looked it up. It was like four point five million yeah. or something. And I think that when you're filming in New York, it's very easy to just film a bunch with the skyline and the city streets which they do in this film but actually no sorry it was 2.5 million yeah there you go and walking phoenix is not cheap after yeah uh her inherent vice all that stuff um mm-hmm. yeah like to to be in new york city to set your film in new york city it's very easy to just film outside in the streets and the skyline um it is expensive obviously to closed down streets in new york but if you want to go that route you can just shoot outside and have a very sick looking film but they shoot i want to say more than half of this film inside people's apartments or houses and they all look pretty sick and that's a bold choice and i respect it yep yeah i mean i think there were some really great costumes uh I think that the set decoration is fantastic, especially the sets they use 
for like the governor's house uh i don't think that or maybe they're just using different rooms uh in houses but the the walls the wallpaper the colors of all the different rooms very very cool mm-hmm. i liked like how they set the like little girl's room that they were using which is very disturbing when you think about that but yes it was a very very cool set decoration for that um yeah and also just uh like joe his name's joe right joe's house and um where his mom lives where he used to live his bedroom i think production design is pretty solid here i think there's good costumes i like the props that are used uh i think it's a it's a good five out of six for production design yeah i gave it a five percent too uh super solid for indie film big respect location selection out of six like i said when you're in new york and you got the beautiful skyline gotta use it and they do in this film and it looks beautiful um you also have the the train station that he's always gets on at i think is a sick location Mm -hmm. Um, the lake where he goes and buries his mom uh the governor's house such a cool location that exterior shot of him walking up and it's like the moth covered um covered house yeah like all the apartments are used the alleyway where he he gets into his house uh i i love the location selection in this film i think mm-hmm. they they utilize every scene every location perfectly totally. um I, I i think they really just focused on finding the most cinematic looking houses rooms all the areas in new york yeah yeah i i really like the location selection in this film and obviously we've noticed many times the really low budget films tend to focus on location selection they do and And if they have good cinematography it's usually why and i think that a big part of the cinematography here is that they have such sick locations it's easy to make it look good Mm -hmm. uh i personally didn't think it was perfect but i did give it a five out of six and it's a high five it's a high five yeah i gave it six out of six for location selection i i I don't know i really like the locations in this film Mm -hmm. and there wasn't one where i felt was uh lazy yeah yeah six out of six for location selection all right we'll take a break so let's take a quick break we'll come back then we will come in with cinematography yeah Hey, we are cinematography. Back. This one, uh, this one's a good one. I think the cinematography in this film is excellent. Beautiful look. Uh, it looks similar to other underground crime movies in New York. Notably, some. I, I get a little bit of Safety Brothers vibes from this. I think that this film is more crisp. Safety Brothers films almost have like a grainy dingy look to them this feels very like um like i don't know how to say it like clean almost clean but the stuff it's depicting isn't i think it's digit i think this film was digital it feels yeah it looks just i mean it probably was with a 2.5 million dollar budget um i mean good good time Um, had a very small budget but yeah, Good Times definitely filmed, yeah. though. You can tell. Uh, I I love the cinematography in this film. I think it's very gritty. It's very disturbing. But I love how much visual storytelling mm-hmm. is used in this film. It's very it's great. present. Um, yeah. they. It's all about the visual storytelling in this film because there isn't a lot of... Um, there isn't a lot of dialogue. So a lot of this movie is being presented through the visuals. And we're getting a look inside of his head, inside of his kind of PTSD and mental illness and all this other stuff that's going on with him through the visuals uh, and the performance, obviously. Uh, a lot of bokeh. A lot of bokeh. Yeah. Uh, there are Super some great, good. great shots. I love the train shot. I love, uh, yeah, the lake the lake shot that's beautiful i mean there's a lot of really gorgeous moments in this film 
Yeah, it, it's beautiful. I think, like you said, visual storytelling's on point. Lighting in this film is insane. Uh, some beautiful bokeh, especially the driving shots. I love them. Um, yeah, they, they did shoot it digital on the Airy Alexa XT, which is like a $100,000 camera if you want to buy it. I'm sure they didn't buy it. Um, but it's a it's a nice camera it's a great digital camera and i love i just love the looks like i said location selection is usually tied into cinematography you'd be hard pressed to find a film with like perfect location selection or near perfect and like bad cinematography yeah um yeah so yeah i I think that this one looks great cinematography was kind of carrying it for me honestly because i think without the super strong visual storytelling uh, and like we'll get into super strong editing this this film won't work because it relies on the technical aspects to tell its story rather than dialogue and exposition um, or it's using these flashbacks that are precisely edited to give the exposition so I think that it really needed strong cinematography and it pulled through and because of that like dependence on it it makes it even more impressive that they pulled it off yeah, I mean, it's a solid 9 out of 10 for me, for cinematography. Totally. I gave it the 9% too. Not perfect, uh, but definitely above the 8s that I've given. Um, editing yeah. at an 8%. I was kind of on the fence with this one, but like the final... see The sequence at the governor's house really, really bumped this up for me. Because... I think that that sequence is edited so firely. That that was the one scene that truly had me like feeling like feeling the thrill of the thriller, you know? Uh he's wandering through the house, you're getting the dialogue, like all this stuff going through his head. His anxiety is just like peak and just the the way that that scene is edited is insane. It's awesome. Uh, and I love the way that the flashbacks are intercut throughout this film. Um, overall, super, super solid editing. And just really bringing that anxiety in the last scene. Uh, they they like to hold for a long time on single shots. And when it cuts, you can feel feel the purpose and the motivation behind it. Super strong editing, in my opinion. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. It's very strong editing. I love uh, the use of the flashbacks when they are actually placed within the film. Uh, when they cut back, how long they cut back. Sometimes they just show a little bit. Sometimes they show a lot. And it's all depending on uh, the state of mind of Walking Phoenix's character. Yeah, this film is really well edited, especially throughout the action sequences, uh, like the security camera footage of him uh, rescuing the girl. That's a very well edited scene. Uh, there's a moment I, I realized that uh, she's counting backwards from 40 because it's her uh, way of knowing when she can come to when she's drugged. Yeah. So she's counting back from 40 and it starts off in her head that she's counting and eventually when she gets down to 10, uh, she's able to speak again. Um, but there's a moment where she's counting down from 40 and it cuts back to Walking Phoenix uh, killing a guy in the hallway. And then when it cuts back to her, she's at a new number. And if you count the seconds, it's real time. It actually is real time, which is something you'd never see in movies because movies don't follow real time uh, by any means. Mm -hmm. I think this is a fantastically edited film. Uh, yeah, I give it a solid 7 out of 8. Yeah, I gave it the 7 out of 8 as well. Um, it's just, it's awesomely edited. Super, super strong. Definitely puts itself above the rest of the crowd. I mean, this film really relies on its technical aspects. Like I was saying, to carry it, pulls through. 7%. Acting out of 10. I think that most of the performances here very solid. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix is doing Joaquin Phoenix tings. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good performances, pretty decent child actor. 
but most of this film is just walking phoenix and his face and you're really seeing it he has moments where he has breakdowns when he finds his mom dead uh where but a lot of it is just like is he gonna kill himself like is he in that right state of mind where he's gonna go and actually try and save that girl um and i love that questioning uh of the entire film and his his face his eyes you know this is a very subtle but beautiful performance from walking phoenix um not his greatest performance by any means but he definitely you know he's he's still doing his very best no matter how big of a budget the film is yeah man walking phoenix solid solid performance i think that the traumatized girl gives a great performance those are really the two main ones i mean his mom i think underrated uh dealing with her deteriorating uh memory all that stuff she gives a solid performance and i think i mean it's not walking phoenix's best performance by any but he's such he's such a legend you know like he really doesn't have a bad performance under his belt that I know of at yeah. least um, yeah man overall great performances there's really not a lot it's a very short movie revolving solely around Joaquin Phoenix um, and there is no bad performance but also since it's not his best career performance and it's really just about him I gave it a solid 9%. I think it's a very, very good performance. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think it's it's a really solid performance. There's There aren't any other performances in this film that are bad, but there's also not a lot of other performances within the film. But that doesn't... I don't, I don't lose marks just because there's only, like, one main actor. I think Joaquin does a great job here. I think the girl does a good job, and um, it's a solid 9 out of 10 for me. I think if there were just, you know, maybe a bit more bigger acting moments, it could have gotten those full marks, because there really isn't anything bringing it down for me. So, 9 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, we'll go on to entertainment value out of 10. I thought that this movie was pretty entertaining. Even though it has hardcore subject matter and it's deep it it still it does still have some pretty sick action um and it's short runtime it's a thriller it had me on the edge of my seat definitely wasn't uh distracted during this one um awesome first viewing i'd watch Mm -hmm. it again uh at some point because obviously i didn't catch everything it seems like um yeah really nothing dragging this down except the the subject matter and the fact that it's a little harder to grasp than other thrillers out there. Yeah, it's definitely nice and short. Uh, it is a bit of a slow burn film. Um, it gives, it takes its time to really get to the action, but, um, you know, that's not, that's not a problem for me. I think entertainment wise, my main thing is this film isn't really rewatchable for me. I find it a little too, uh, I don't know just difficult to watch the content i still enjoy it i think it was a enjoyable rewatch i hadn't seen it for like three years but um yeah i gave it an eight out of ten uh it's nice and short uh, it's a quick viewing but it is a bit hard to watch at some points yeah yeah i gave it a i gave it a nine percent i feel like i could rewatch this movie i don't think it's too disturbing None of that. I'm a big boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Ben's a I, big boy. Ben doesn't get disturbed. Nah. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like, you know, now I've seen a, seen a few Kubrick movies. You know, you got Full Metal Jackets. Got some stuff. Clockwork Orange. Just yeah, a little. Yeah, but uh, Kubrick, like, Clockwork Orange is disturbing, but it's not very realistic you know like i can watch a clockwork orange and i have fun with it because it's like it's kind of fantasy Mm -hmm. it's kind of dystopian 
you were never really here, like, even though it's not, like, gruesome or, like, showing things, it's like this, it's just, you know, disturbing content because it's real. It's very, it feels real. And it's, um, you know, sex trafficking is a yeah, real it's issue. It's true. It's the truth. Um, yeah, 9%. Let's go on to overall technical achievement, uh, which I think is pretty obvious. Super strong editing, super strong cinematography, uh, and uh, a film that is carried by its technical aspects for me. Uh, yeah, super strong, 14%. Yeah, without a doubt, 14% uh, film, 14 on 15. It just, you know, why why wouldn't it be? Cinematography's a 9, editing's a 7. Exactly. It's definitely a 14. Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, well, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with our total percentages. Uh, where You Were Never Really Here lands in our ranking system, and we're going to mm-hmm. spin the wheel and see what we get for next yep. week. Okay, we're back. We have our final scores. Uh, let's see mm-hmm. where you were never really here lands in our rankings. It's our thirty-fourth film. This one, this one might be pretty high. This one, I feel like it's gonna be in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Maybe around. Let me let me look at our our ratings here. I'm predicting it'll be a top 15. Top 15? I think so. Uh, actually, nah. Actually, nah. I think it'll be a top 20. Top 20. Yeah. I think it'll be top yeah, 20. Yeah, I, I can see top that. Because I just realized that 15th is an 85 and a half, which is pretty insane. Ooh, yeah. Our, our, our A grades start at 14, and then everything above that gets an A. Mm. Um. Yeah. Overall, though, I gave it an 85 percent i thought this one was pretty great i thought this one was pretty great um uh yeah i'm the same i also gave it an 85 percent uh 85 which means that this is tied with goodwill hunting and place beyond the pines uh uh The place beyond I think the pines. This is worse than yeah, both of those. The place beyond the pines and Goodwill Hunting are both in my top twenty films of all time. So, yeah, mm, I yeah. think. You know, I think that. I think you know what place beyond the pines literally just got kicked off my top one hundred, which is pretty sad. But uh, that's. You know, it was on there, man. It was on there for a while. This is why you need to. Just like Brazil, 200. just like Brazil is about to be kicked out of your top three hundred. You gotta make a top four hundred league, cause please, come on, man. Yeah. Keep it on there. No, nah, Brazil's like two seventy <laughs> or something. It's still got time. Brazil is two ninety two. Oh. I literally checked after I looked at your ending oh. one. Wow. So just yeah. don't watch any more movies. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, just stop watching movies. Yeah. So that puts it an eighteenth above Big Fish. Yeah. Eh. Eh. Yeah. I think I'd rather watch Big Fish, honestly. Yeah, Big Fish is a more but like I think that this movie But also Big Fish just like was kinda too long. Yeah. Ah, it's like and two hours. It's Yeah, it just feels like some stuff could have been cut way down. Yeah. A lot happens in it. From you and McGregor's adventure. Yeah, I get the point is, like, it's all these crazy stories. I don't know. Big Fish was cool. I'm glad I watched it. Um, yeah, 85%. Let's spin that wheel and see what we get next oh, week. yeah. I've been watching a crazy amount of films. Like, I've probably seen a film a day for, like, two weeks now. I have seen, Sometimes like, even three multiple films. films. Uh, yeah. And... Well, because I've seen, I've seen, like, seven Star Wars movies in the past two weeks. I think we should Plus, start, like, just doing, like, uh, recommendations at the end of each podcast. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. You want to do that today? Okay, here's here's my number one recommendation. Yeah, we'll start it today. Yeah. So, I think, obviously, because you're going to talk about Mommy, yes, which sir. I haven't seen. Uh, what else did I watch? I mean, here's here's what I learned this week, okay? I watched another Wong Kar Wai movie, Chung King Express. Mm. If you're into romance films 
or if you're trying to feel melancholy and kind of sad, but not too sad, then you should watch this. Because this, this isn't like a relationship movie. This is like about lonely people just kind of like forming a casual relationship, but like not really, and then it just kind of ends. And it's very deep. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I added... Yeah. What else? Did I, I added watch? a couple of his films to my watch list. Um, I I got yeah. That I think that it's better than Fallen Angels. Okay. But I mean, Fallen. Okay, here's the thing. Chunking Express is like a romance movie. Fallen Angels is like a crime movie. But man, Fallen Angels is so. You weird. know what? I think I'm Fallen, gonna add both... all of his films to my watch list up to 2046. Yeah, I mean, in the mood, in the mood for love is the one I haven't seen, and it's by far his like highest rated film. Mm-hmm. It, it's 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 pure romance though, because the thing with Chunking Express and Fallen Angels is they're both, like two narratives, right, happening that are pretty much unrelated, like. Chunking Express, the first half is one movie, and then the guy bumps into the next character, and then it switches, and then the second half is a completely different story. That are, like, similar thematically, but, like, the characters are all different. And then Fallen Angels is, like, two happening at the same time, where the characters... It's almost like six degrees of separation, you know? Yeah. Where, like, the stories are happening at the same time, like, almost unrelated, but, like, they connect, mm-hmm. kind of. What else did you watch this I don't know, week? Man. Fallen Angels. I rewatched American Psycho, mm-hmm. which I probably shouldn't have done because I didn't realize it was on the wheel. But I love American Definitely Psycho. Definitely watched that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's see. What else, what else did I watch? Uh, I watched a bunch of Star Wars movies, and what I can tell you from that is that the two thousand three animated Cartoon Network Star Wars is dope mm-hmm. and awesome, and I love it. Yeah, we watched Ghost a Ghost Story last week, which I thought That's was true. pretty good. That's Ooh. true. We also um, watched Pig. Yeah, Nick Cage I also rewatched. Movie. Oh yeah, Pig, 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 best movie of the year so, so far. far. So far, best movie. I rewatched Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and I think it's unironically one of the most entertaining films of all time. I agree. Um, Edgar Wright is Edgar Wright. Yeah. Um, what a legend. What did I watch? Well, we saw The Green Knight in theaters, A24's new movie. I gotta start calling that's it true. A24, because that's apparently how you actually say it. I'm used to saying A24. It's, yeah, it's A24. A24. The merch says A24. The Green Knight, A24's new movie. We both saw it. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. I also saw American Beauty for it's the first time. It's a pretty good movie. Which was very good. It won Best Picture. American Beauty. Yeah. Uh, Zola, A24's also new movie. Pretty good. Okay. I, Tanya. I thought Zola was pretty funny. Yeah, Zola was funny. I, Tanya, which I've never seen before, blew my mind as a biopic film. I think it's one of the best biopics ever made. Um, yeah. Pig. Uh, but the biggest one I'm, I'm going to recommend is Mommy, which I just recently watched. Canadian film from Quebec. Uh, Canadian director. He's only like He was only like 22 when he made the movie. And... It is uh, the most emotionally impactful film I have seen in years, possibly, like, ever. Um, uh, I, it blew my mind. Five out of five stars. It's in my top 15 uh, favorite films of all time. Yeah, I did not expect that going into that movie. I kind of thought it was going to be overly pretentious for me. But my God, did that movie break yeah, that my one heart. that one-to-one aspect ratio. Yeah broke my heart into a million pieces so that's my recommendation for the week mommy uh yeah well i think it's time we spin the wheel see what we get for next week let's do it i got quick time player up i have the newly uh all the new movies added on the wheel taxi driver went on last week so that's on there there you go. Uh, what's going on this week, Ben? Watched it for the first time on Christmas two years ago. Uh, what's going on? Funny you should ask. I think it's a pretty good movie. Oh, wait. It's The Prestige. I've never seen The Prestige. The Prestige. But, uh, word on the street. Love The Prestige. It's pretty good. I love that movie. Um, yeah. I, all I know is that Christian Bale is in it. And Hugh I Jackman. Think. Right. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Christopher so Nolan. Basically, Christian Bale got into insane shape for American Psycho, mm-hmm. became a twig for the machinist, and then is probably a normal human being again. Normal the human being in the, the prestige, prestige, and like then what? he went in even 06, 07. more insane for Batman. And then he went shriveled up for the, the prestige. The prestige is like 06, I think. Yeah, the prestige is 06. Yeah, and then he got fat for Vice. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> what a guy, dude, Christian Bale. He went ultra skinny for the fighter, got bulked up for the Dark Knight. Man, that man has gone through a lot of changes. I still can't believe he voices that ginger kid in Pocahontas. Nah, I did not know that. Yeah, he's like the ginger settler. Hmm. Little scrawny guy. Okay. Yeah, Pocahontas is kind of disgusting. Uh, bro, every Disney movie is, like, semi... (laughs) Yeah, no, but, like, as a kid, I was like, oh, this is fun, and then I, like, you know, it's, like, really just... Yeah, no. Awful. I mean, I haven't watched Pocahontas (laughs) since I was eight, but, I mean... Yeah, I don't think I've seen it since I was, like, eight or nine, but, like, just looking back, I was like, Like, Mulan... I mean, Hunchback of Notre Dame is yeah. pretty bad. At least in Mulan, it's not about a settler, like, yeah. coming and preying on a teenage That's true. girl. That's true. That is also... I mean, they're both racist, yeah. but... Uh, Jesus, <laughs> Okay, well, I got the wheel ready. You need to pick Let's spin this. Got the volume turned up. Here we go. Okay. Okay, we are spinning in three, two, one. Here we go. Do, 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 do. Ooh. You know what? Yeah, okay. We've landed on Boyhood. Um, Ben's never seen this movie. <laughs> and he should have by yeah, now. I've never because seen it. it is, you know... It's it's widely known as the most um, crazy cinematic thing ever made, you know, on like a wide scale of things. Yeah, it seem it seems pretty cool. You know, it'll be hard to top Richard Linklater's best work, which is School of Rock. Um, <laughs> I honestly love but, School of Rock. No, I dude, School I, of Rock. I unironically love School of Rock. Um, it's not a good movie, but it was my childhood. I rewatched School of um, Rock not too long ago, like just for fun. It's funny, dude. You know what? It's I funny. yeah, I just saw a clip of it on like Instagram or something, and then I was like, I'm gonna rewatch School of Rock right now, and I did that. Um, Boyhood. Okay. Wow. Uh, I when did I I watched this so long ago? I don't even remember that much about it. He also did Dazed and Confused. Yep. Richard Linklater did Dazed and Confused. Huh. I gotta watch that, because that's the first Matthew McConaughey movie. Yeah. Right? He did the Before Trilogy, which is, in my opinion, the greatest trilogy ever made. Oh, um, right. right. Better than Lord of the Rings, yes. bro? If you, if you look at, like... Damn. But if you look at the Run Tomato scores for the Before Trilogy... Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I think it's 100% Whatever. 96 and 98. Too. I believe that is the scores. Yeah, I've heard Before Sunset's the worst one. From me. But, like, even though it's the worst one, it's still not even bad. It's, like, real. It has, like, 96%. <laughs> yeah, I'll check them out. But, yeah, make sure everybody goes and watch Boyhood. Yeah, I mean, for next Boyhood, week. the thing is, it, it was filmed I'll, I'll over 15 years. Something. It's Ben. You will get to see a young child become. It's, th- it's two hours and forty-five minutes. Dude, it's bro. an epic. It's an epic. It was filmed over fifteen years, and you are yeah. going to see a young I child know what it's about. develop I've... into a good actor. You're gonna see him go from a <laughs> not great actor into a good actor over the course of fifteen years. And you also get to see little Ethan okay. Hawke and Patricia Arquette grow up and become old people. Which, you know. Okay. Here we go. Plot summary. 
After MJ's parents' divorce, he and his sister Samantha live with their mother, whereas the father has visiting rights. Oh, whereas the father, the father has visiting rights. Okay, incidents that occur across a t- period of twelve years mold MJ's life. Cool. Hopefully, it'll be uh, accurate. Hopefully, I'll see some stuff that I can apply to my own life, and hopefully, I'll appreciate the craft. This man. is a very and like crime. realism I'm sure type I'll film. You know, it's not about anything. I will crazy. cry. I'm betting I'll cry at least it's, twice. It's just about a yeah. boy growing up, and uh, yeah, there you it go. is a literal coming of age story. Okay. Literally, you're literally seeing yeah, the boy literally. come of age. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening to You Were Never Really Here. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you guys next week for Boyhood. Awesome. Sweet. Thank you for listening to Slightly Qualified Film Students. Make sure to tune in next week for a new film discussion and review. Our theme song is Slightly Sexy by Thompson Springs. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a like. Send us feedback and comments as well as your thoughts on the film. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at S underscore Q underscore F underscore S. If you would like to send us a question or a comment for next week's episode, you can email us at sqfilmstudents at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Bye.